You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is Howard Partridge. You can find him at howardpartridge.com. And Howard is an international business coach, number one Amazon, best-selling author, and favorite conference speaker. Now, Howard Partridge grew up on welfare just like I did. He started his first business out of the trunk of his car and transformed it into a multi-million dollar turnkey enterprise. Startup Nation, I know you want to hear that story. Howard's going to give us that story, all the details, the struggles, the tribulations, and the triumphs that happened in his life. Now, you're going through some right now. You're stuck in a storm. You can't see the light out the other end. You're feeling possibly chronic worry, stress, anxiety, depression, maybe even hopelessness and despair. But God has a plan for you and he wants to bring you through it. All right. So Howard's going to give you some insights, some wisdom on how to do it, how he's done it in his own life. Now he's owned nine small businesses. Okay. That's pretty awesome. Right. He's seasoned. And for two decades, 20 years, he has helped small business owners revolutionize their businesses and have more freedom in their lives. That's what we all want. We want time freedom. We want decision freedom right? That's what we want. We want money freedom. So start transforming your business into a predictable, profitable turnkey operation today. That's what Howard is going to help us do. All right, Howard Partridge, welcome to your first 100K Top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and just take a minute, fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Absolutely. Thanks for allowing me to be here. Uh, Let's see, there's a lot to say. Uh, You already... uh, shared my welfare story. I've had a lot of struggles uh, over the years and been blessed to find some solutions. The biggest solution being that I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ in December of 1987. And uh, I'm originally from LA, uh, lower Alabama. Hmm. And my wife doesn't laugh at my jokes either. So, you know, it's okay. I give you a small Uh, chuckle. (laughs) That's usually what I get, you know. 200 people, I get two people to chuckle. I'm like, okay, uh, things can only get better from here. And uh, when I tell them that my wife doesn't laugh at my jokes either, then I get a little, I get a little more, you know. But anyway, I did grow up on welfare. There were seven kids crammed in a little 600 square foot shack and the roof on that house was so bad that every time it rained, we had to get out all the pots and pans to catch the leaks. My mother fed us on $100 a month from the welfare department. I I don't care when that was, it just was a lot of money. And when you grow up in an environment like that, what are you likely to turn out like? For me, it was um, a rebellious teenager, Uh, 18 years old, I got kicked out of the house. I had no money, I scraped up 39.95 for a bus ticket to Houston, Texas and arrived in Houston, Texas with literally 25 cents in my pocket to live with my real dad that I'd only met twice in my whole life. He left when I was a year old. And uh, so got here to Houston and uh, ended up becoming a waiter. And I worked in these really 
high-end restaurants, wore a tuxedo to work, did tableside cooking, steak, Diane, bananas, foster, cherries, Jubilee, and studying stuff on fire inside at that age was pretty fun, but I always wanted to have my own business. And I still didn't really have money to speak of. I mean, I made enough money just to kind of pay the rent. And then I met my wife, Denise Conjet Antoinette Pinella. Now that's Italian. She's from New Jersey. I'm from lower Alabama. This is going to be a good mm. match. She tells me to keep my mouth shut because I have an accent. Anyway, so uh, we go up to New Jersey to get married into this Italian family. And when you uh, marry in an Italian family, you don't get wedding presents. You get cash. In fact, there's a little purse that is uh, made to match the dress, made out of the same fabric and everything that the relatives put the envelopes in. So, you know, $50, $100, $200, whatever. And with a little note. And after the wedding, we uh, spread out all the envelopes and took turns reading the notes and counting up the money. It was $3,000. Well, there was a friend of the family at the wedding. Uh, I was 23 at the time, same age as me. And he was tooling around a little red Mercedes convertible, brand new. And I said, I want to know what that guy does. I, I want to know if it's legal. <laughs> anyway, it turns out he was a business owner. So as soon as I got home after our wedding, I started my first business out of the trunk of my car uh, with that $3,000, which was all the money that we had to our name. My wife was really thrilled about that. <laughs> and over the next, uh, 13 years, I became, I made good money. Uh, speaking of the first hundred thousand, you know, I think the, the first year I was working part-time, I had a job the first three years in business. And the third year I made 145,000 in my business working, and then working a little bit in a restaurant for extra money. And then after three years, that's when I came to know the Lord and I went full-time in my business. And, um, I, you know, I, I did a couple hundred thousand dollars a year for several years. And then, um, but I was a slave to that business. I, I worked 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And in 1997, uh, I learned uh, what I called today the secrets of a phenomenal business and uh i took that same business that was doing three hundred sixty thousand dollars a year at the time i had seven employees i was a slave to that business everything revolved around me and um i brought on a couple of partners and we we scaled that business up to several million dollars a year and then i started learning about profits and leadership and uh, so um, anyway, took that business up to several million dollars a year. I ended up buying out my partners. I still own that business. It did four million last year. Very, very profitable. 25 years ago, I started uh, helping other small business owners learn how to do the same thing. So today we work in 109 different industries, helping people build, like you said, a predictable, profitable turnkey operation. And we do it through membership. My company happens to be the exclusive small business coaching company for the Zig Ziglar Corporation. And of course, as you know, he was the ultimate, um, you know, Monday morning Christian, if you will. And I just wrote a book called The Monday Morning Christian, How Living Out Your Faith in Business Leads to Phenomenal Success. This is my 12th published book. I love to write. I love to share. I love to teach. And I love to help and to give. So that's where we are now. And uh, now I'm in the process of franchising my coaching business so that uh, I can uh, have infrastructure when I turn 65, three years from now, and uh, leave a legacy. So that's the, the story in a nutshell. All right. Howard Partridge. I think we're done here. Like he, that was it. That was it. He dropped it. He dropped it. Man, that was clear. It was concise. It was interesting. Now, Startup Nation, we want to dig a little, right? We want to excavate out the gold nuggets in that story because there is wisdom to be had. Yep. Howard, uh, before we go there, let's get vulnerable for a minute. Sure. I like to scare men with that word. So take a minute. Good, good. Take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. 
Uh, well, did you ever see the movie uh, Castaway? A uh, long time ago. Okay. You remember the uh, the volleyball? Mm-hmm. Wilson? Mm-hmm. So I have a coffee pot named Wilson. Very few people, even a lot of my clients don't know that. <laughs> Why did you name your coffee pot? We need to know. <laughs> because I never went anywhere without him. And uh, so um, I drink strong coffee and hotel coffee, any coffee is just not good enough. So I always travel with my, you know, my little setup. And when I first started traveling with it, it was an actual cone shape, uh, a cone drip coffee pot. And I travel with this thing, which you're not supposed to. So the craft got broken and then it sort of gotten broken down itself. And I ended up with just the little, you know, just the little uh, filter thing, you know, mm -hmm. and I put a paper filter in there and I got a cup and heat water. And so my friends, uh, clients, uh, coaching clients that uh, were working with me doing, helping me do coaching and stuff. One of them started calling him Wilson. So my uh, marketing manager uh, downloaded the uh, image of Wilson onto a, 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 some and made some stickers out of it. So literally I have a little coffee pot that I travel with that has the Wilson sticker. Most people don't know that. <laughs> that is a very cool story. And probably very the first perfect. time I ever shared that. Just the first thing that came to mind. Well, listen, if you're going to share a detail like that about your life, you might as well do it to the whole world on my show. Yeah, like, I mean, well hey, done. Listen, well, plenty of uh, vulnerable moments, plenty of struggle uh, in my life at different points and moving to the next level. There's always a struggle because no, none of us know how to get to the next level. And, you know, naturally, normally. So I had a lot of struggles at each growth yeah. point. Got it. Yeah. All right, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, what has been uh, probably the biggest struggle you've had in business? Uh, maybe it was you know an external struggle, like figuring out the right product, the right offer, the right marketing, whatever. Or maybe it was an internal struggle, getting through some head trash that was holding you back. What has been the number one struggle in business for you? And what did you do to actually overcome it? Well, the I'll give you several if that's okay. So the first struggle was, as I alluded to, is I... Uh, I, I was a slave to that business. I worked 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and every day was just putting out brush fires. And even though I made $100,000 a year profit back then, uh, I didn't have a life. And so how I solved that problem was through systems. The second problem uh, that I had was leadership. And when I, uh, when I, got my two uh, partners on board. And when we worked together and we made good decisions, everything was awesome. But I'm a systems guy. So I wanted, you know, uh, everything to be exact. We built a bunch of systems and all that. But I didn't realize that there were three different visions there. And I learned from one of my early mentors that vision plus vision equals division. And even though I was the president of the company, I was traveling a lot and I was doing the marketing and the sales. And those guys were kind of left behind to clean up the mess, if you will. And so I had to learn leadership. That was the solution to that. And then uh, the biggest issue, I think, and I think a big issue for a lot of business owners is uh, debt. And, and not making enough money, not charging enough, not understanding your numbers. So if you don't understand your numbers, if you don't understand, if you don't know how to read your financials, you don't know how to, to uh, plan for growth. If you don't know how to plan for the future, uh, you're driving blind. And so that's one of the biggest mistakes that I made. Uh, one of the biggest struggles that I had so here I was, here we were not making any money. Uh, I mean, we we're paying ourselves, right? But the business was 
still losing money. It doesn't matter if you pay yourself. And then if you pay yourself a couple hundred thousand, you lose a couple hundred thousand. You're not, I mean, you're not really ahead. Right. And so um, things came to a head and one of my partners, the accounting partner uh, exited the company, asked for a buyout. And so I had to pay him off. And uh, I did that on payments over like five years. And then my other partner and I bumped heads and I ended up buying him out. So now I'm down two partners that are the managing partners of the business. I'm still paying the same amount because I'm paying them basically the amount of money that uh, they were getting for working in the company to buy them out. So my cash flow didn't improve. Now I need a manager because I had another little business that I was starting my my coaching business. Actually, when I started, I was selling marketing packages more than anything else and showing people how to build systems. I didn't talk about profit very much because I wasn't making any. You know, it's like good idea. I, yeah. And so I'll tell you what I know about marketing and sales. The rest is up to you, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I had a general manager and uh, I ran into a financial consultant and I hired this financial consultant to come in and assess everything, assess the mess as she calls it. And we realized that we just weren't charging enough. So I had a choice. I had a choice of either lower the standard of service, lower my overhead, get in that business and, you know, um, rebuild it, um, let a bunch of people go or just use this plan. And we realized that, that in order to, to run that business like we were, we had to charge a lot more. So we raised our prices dramatically. We created a compensation program that was a performance-based program so that uh, our, our labor rate wasn't too high and everybody could win, right? Uh, from that time on, we uh, started making more profit. I, uh, at that time, I had uh, my line of credit was maxed out. I had credit cards on high interest uh, rates to just keep the business afloat. Fast forward several years later, uh, this was many years ago, I got that business out of debt and I got debt free personally. So today we can pay everything off that we own in our business. We don't have any credit card debt, no line of credit. Uh, we The equipment that we have, the only reason we even have it financed is for tax purposes, cash flow, have enough cash in the bank. And then personally, I got debt free except for, you know, I have some, a little bit of real estate that, and some of my real estate is even paid off. So, you know, business is a game and it's a serious game because the only reason that your business exists is to be a vehicle to help you achieve your life goals. And uh, what you do is valuable. So you're making a difference out there in the world and people uh, rely on you like your team. So it's a serious game, but it is a game. And at the end of the day, in any game, you're going to have uh, the final score. And you're going to have a score in the first quarter at halftime, third quarter, and then at the end of the game. And one of these days when we pass on, there's going to be an end of the game. And the question is, what's going to be left behind? Are you going to leave behind uh, a, a mess? Are you going to leave behind a bunch of debt? Are you going to leave behind a hard job for somebody? Or could you leave behind a predictable, profitable turnkey operation that will bless people for years to come? So that's the, the route I decided to go. And so we really focus on not just our purpose, but to also make a profit so that we can then fulfill our purpose. They sort of work together. You know, we give a lot of money away. And uh, so, so we teach uh, our coaching members, our clients. Uh, I'm doing a 12 week series right now, that financial consultant I brought onto my team. And so we have her whole system that our clients are able to, to benefit from. So if they're the biggest mistake, um, you know, or one of them, I guess, is, I mean, if you don't make any money, a uh, business without a profit is just a hobby. 
I mean, it's just as simple as that. So make money so that you can go and do what God has called you to do. Okay. A lot of people say, I got to know what God called me to do first before I can make the money. Do they have it backwards? Not necessarily, but um, in fact, in this book right here, the Monday Morning Christian, I have a whole section on money. And um, the fact is, is that, you know, Jesus didn't own anything, but money was involved in the mission. If money was involved in the mission, there wouldn't be a money bag that Judas helped himself to, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, let's not, let's also keep in mind that uh, it was a rich man that buried Jesus and paid for all the supplies and supplied the tomb and all that. So I think it is important to understand your purpose. And we get that there's formulas for that, but we really get that from community people, uh, coaches, mentors, our Christian community. Every single human being on planet earth has gifts. I do believe that God has called you for a purpose and he has a plan for your life. Your specific purpose for this life may or may not come early. It may come later in life. Uh, Zig Ziglar's came later in life. Um, you know, you can think of, um, you know, Billy Graham, mm -hmm. you know, really loved a legacy and uh, he understood his call. But the fact is, is that Billy Graham crusades cost a lot of money. Yeah, for sure. And you right. got Mother Teresa out there, right? I think she started her like real mission after age 50, right? Yeah. And that was a very yeah. well-funded right. Right? missionary, so, Sisters of Charity. Yep. Yeah, you can be, as a business owner, you can be as monkish as you want to uh, personally. But let me just, let me let me share a little bit since you brought this up because it's a very touchy subject in the Christian world. And I've been a believer for over 30 years. So, in fact, there was a time, talk about a crisis in my business, is when I got saved, I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. I mean, I preached at anything that moved, and because I wanted everybody to find what I found. And, um, and then I got to thinking, man, you know, making money is wrong, and building this business is wrong. I mean, it's just like, like I need to get rid of this business so I could be in full-time ministry. But what God showed me was that my business is the perfect platform to do the work that he wants to do through me. And you can be as monkish as you want personally, but your business has to make money. And here's the other soapbox that I get on. Why is it that if we, because people say, well, the love of money is the root of all evil. That's not what scripture says. Scripture says the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. And the, the, the focus here is on your love of money. If you love money, you can't serve two masters, right? But that doesn't mean that you sit at home when you could be making money, when you could be doing something productive and uh, put uh, your dinners on a credit card and pay the minimum payment at 29% interest. You know, that's my pet peeve is that so many Christians who, uh, who rail against other people who make money can't pay their bills or something happens in their life and, you know, they're in debt, they're broken in debt. As, as Dave Ramsey says, debt is dumb. I'd like to add that debt is also destructive. You were talking about either I listened to one of your shows or at some point where uh, the relationships, uh, you, you own a business and you go into all this debt or you're not faithful with your finances, uh, then you know that's going to have a big strain on your relationships, right? And so, you know, I just want to encourage everybody out there to understand that profit is not an evil thing uh profit funds your business if you're not profitable how are you going to help other people and some of these same people who uh get into trouble because they are not faithful with their finances i find myself giving money to their cause 
And, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and judge whether they could have been more faithful with their finances or not. If I can give, I give, you know, God, when, when I was unfaithful with my finances, God was still there in miraculous ways. And so, you know, uh, I love the scripture that says, give, and it'll be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. So I have a four part money philosophy, make a lot of money because your business needs it. There's going to be a, ra a rainy day. So you need to, the second one is to save or invest a lot of money because there's going to be a rainy day. And Hey, listen, if you can get uh, a return on uh, the money that God has blessed you with, you, it, you're a steward. It brings me back to the parable of the talents, uh, the one that, that invested the money and got the return was the one that was blessed. Right. And, um, so then the third one is, uh, and not in any particular order. Right. So, so probably make, give, save, give a lot of the money. Right. So put give, especially, you know, however you believe, um, in the tithe or, or giving to your church, your local church or whatever. So make a lot of money, give a lot of money, save or invest a lot of money. And the fourth one is going to surprise people. You only do number four. You only do number four. If you have been faithful with your finances, you don't have debt, you've given uh, appropriately, spend a lot of money. Spend a lot of money, you know, because that helps our economy. And when our economy is strong, that benefits everybody. When you spend money, you create jobs. I built this beautiful dream home down in Destin, Florida. It was a, a, a goal of mine. We have a beautiful home here in Houston also. And, uh, but, you know, this was my dream. I, I've always wanted to live on this beach and, and I uh, grew up poor down in the Gulf Coast area. And I always went to the beach and I found this property in 1997. It was a 20-year journey before I built this house. But there were times when I just doubted that, you know, I should even be doing this, right? And a friend of mine, we were doing a webinar together and we we're on early and we were talking about, I was just like, you know, I just, you know, I'm struggling with this. And he said this to me, he said, Howard, do you have any idea how many jobs you're going to create building that house? the construction people, the county people, the tax people, the or the people that work at the tax office, uh, you know, uh, laborers, um, you know, landscape, construction, all of that. Then once it's built, there are people who have to maintain that house. So every time I pay, you know, 500 bucks to fix something or to maintain something or whatever, you know, I just, if somebody comes to do some work, at that house, I'm just like praising God because I'm helping them stay employed. I think that's a good way to look at it. All right. So we've been talking about the why behind building really a phenomenal business and making a lot of money and what you can do with it. Um, that really helps others, helps the world, helps help your own family. And you pour uh, your business out as a ministry in the marketplace. Right. So marketplace ministry. I'd like to get into the how. OK, so we've been talking about the why, setting the foundation, why we want to do it that way. But let's talk about the how. Can you reveal the five secrets of a phenomenal business? Because this sounds like it was a major turning point for you yeah. in your business ventures yeah. uh, where you went from high debt, uh, low profit to really turning that around 180 degrees. Tell us about that. What are the five secrets of phenomenal success? Startup Nation, grab your pen and paper, write these down. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Before we leave the why, let me just make one last comment about that. Um, the thing is, is that you got to understand why your business exists, right? And what is the, what are you doing what is your business doing for the end user? How is it impacting their life? What do you, uh, what do you, if your business didn't exist, what would they be left with in your uh, industry? I know in my industry, uh, I've got, I have two main businesses, then I've got other ventures and things like that. But my 
have a service company in Houston, the first company that I started. And we're literally protecting people from unscrupulous, dishonest service companies, making sure that they're not taken advantage of. And by the way, as a believer there, uh, you have a phenomenal opportunity to uh, share Christ with people, to pray with people, to minister to people. Uh, you have an incredible, phenomenal opportunity to uh, to minister to your team members, right? I mean, so many people through uh, our business have been saved, have been strengthened in the Lord, and uh, you know they have a, a phenomenal, godly environment to 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 work in, and so. That's the the why. What does God want to do through your business? That's a lot of what this book is all about right here. Um, the how. So I share that that people, that business owners, if you want to be phenomenally successful, you need three things. First of all, you need uh, leadership because everything rises and falls on leadership. And when you become the leader that you need to be, then you're going to find and attract the right people to your business. So the second one is you need the right people. Uh, it doesn't matter what you have, what kind of strategies you have or anything else. If, if you if you hire the wrong person, it doesn't matter what else you do. And then the third is systems. And if you have systems, but you don't have the right people to run those systems, you don't have good leadership, then those systems aren't going to help you very much. However, you can have the best people in the world and they will perform better when you have systems, right? So when you have that compelling vision, when you have an org chart, when they have uh, a job description, when there are written policies and procedures, this is how we do things here. And uh, this is why we do these things. And this is the impact that it has. And we train people on those systems. And there's five overarching systems. There's five spokes on the wheel of business. The first one is leadership. So not only do you need to become a better leader yourself, you need to have a leadership system. What is our process? What is our system to attract, to find, attract, hire, coach, train, sustain a phenomenal dream team. What are our coaching practices? What are our training practices? You know, uh, and, and, you know, what is our code of conduct? So uh, planning comes in that too, right? So everything rises and falls on leadership. Toughest person to lead is ourselves. Until we learn how to be a leader, we can't teach other people how to be a leader, right? So, um, so the first one is, is leadership. The second one is marketing. Marketing is everything you do to attract prospects to your business. So many people are just weak in marketing because they're not focused on their goal. Maybe they don't understand marketing. They feel like, uh, promoting themselves is somehow wrong. Uh, they say, well, God's going to provide. Well, God will provide, but sometimes he asks you to do certain things, right? Like, you know, God might not do it if you don't participate. You can do it without God, but you won't have the right, you know, uh, the right result that's really uh, aligning with who you are and what you're called to do, right? So marketing, everything you do to attract prospects to your business. One of the things that we do that um, so many people just don't do, and if they do it, they don't do it well, is something I call referral marketing. In other words, the secret to record sales and profits is to identify referral partners, referral sources, and add value to them educate them, serve them, and they'll tell their clients about you there. So we have a strategic process for that. And that $4 million company that, uh, my first company that did $4 million last year, 
a million dollars of that was in referrals. We don't even advertise. The other three million came from the second system, which is what I call client-based marketing. And client-based marketing is staying in touch with your existing clients. The biggest marketing mistake of all is not marketing to your past clients. They'll forget about you. You know, you, you may not think that they will, but they will. They've got a lot on their mind. And by the way, where are most of your referrals going to come from? Your biggest source is your actual clients. This is how I met Daryl, the guy that introduced us, is um, he uh, realized that we were a lot, we're, we're, our, our business charged way more than, you know, most people do uh, in our, in that particular industry that I started in. And uh, that's what attracted him to us because he was getting the wrong customers, low price customers, had all the problems to go with it. And we taught him how to get hiring clients through referrals and how to keep those clients uh, using his service and referring his service. So he created just an exact model. Uh, then sales, just because you get prospects doesn't mean that they're going to buy just because they call you, just because you go out and do a presentation, just because uh, they come to your business, they come to your website, they that whatever they call up doesn't mean that they're going to buy. So you need to have a sales system. And sales is everything you do to convert prospects into paying customers. Third is what I call operations. You could call it service if you want, but operations is uh, everything you do to serve your clients. This is how you turn a customer into a client. You have a an operations system. This is the experience that we deliver. This is how we deliver a phenomenal, unique experience. I mean, why is Chick-fil-A's drive-through a block down the street and nobody else's is? Because they say, my pleasure. <laughs> they treat you right. I mean, if you did a blind taste test, somebody, you know, is the chicken sandwich that much better? I don't know, but there's a little more to it than that. It starts with leadership. I was at Ziegler with Dan Cathy when he was the CEO. And he talked about how they take 17, 16, 17, 18 year olds and turn them into ladies and gentlemen. The difference between a rich Carlton hotel and uh, another brand isn't just because the property is, is ritzy and in a phenomenal location. It's because the ladies and gentlemen of the rich Carlton hotel have their little credo card on them and they do things differently than other people do. It's all about the service experience. So then uh, fifth, so one leadership, two marketing, three sales, four operations. And then five is what I call administration. And that's all the, the, it's the financial part It's the office systems. It's everything you need to do, everything you do to track your stats, to track your numbers and everything has to be tracked. In fact, uh, Peter Drucker, I think it was, is the one that said anything measured improves. So are you, are you, do you have a process to uh, measure your daily sales? Do you have a process to review your P&L every week? Do you have a process to look at your sales reports, sales by category, sales by referral source, sales by ad, what your return on investment was? So putting all these systems together, and it takes time, it's the most time-consuming, maybe difficult thing that you'll ever do. But once it's done, it's like Mr. Ziegler's little uh, pump over here. Once you, once you uh, do 
the heavy pumping, you just keep a little steady pressure on it once you get the flow going. That's the key. That's a good way to say it. All right, Startup Nation, that was a lot. That was almost a fire hydrant of business, uh, acumen, strategy, right? That, that Howard has mastered in his businesses. And I know if you're like me, in my previous businesses, I was missing one or more of those five systems. Mm -hmm. I was. And that's why my business plateaued, many of them, or they just downright failed. I had 10 failed businesses out of 12. Wow. Yay, me. You are <laughs> I'm, an I am a professional failure. Yay. <laughs> you know, but the two that, that took off, they, they, they took off. They won, right? But I learned the hard way, trial and error by fire, right? That, that's just the way I've done life. It's not the smartest way. Right. The smarter way is go to business school, learn from others' mistakes, right? Don't do it yourself, right? So hopefully there's some of you listening right now today that based on this episode, you can avoid some of these pitfalls. You can avoid some of the failures in your business or just the total failed businesses that maybe you're currently in right now or heading towards. And you can shift the entire trajectory based on filling in where are the one or more of these five systems being neglected or not even present yet. And take right. on one at a time, like Howard is suggesting, right? Don't take it all on at once. That's overwhelming. Right. Take on one at a time, right? And I would recommend take on your, your marketing and sales, either marketing or sales first, because you got to get the revenue coming in. You could do a lot once money's coming in, right? Now you can go really invest in your leadership systems, bringing in the right people. Sometimes good enough people are good enough just to bring in some revenue, all right? But get the money flowing, even if it's a smaller amount. So what are those five? Which is the one you're missing right now? And what steps, what three steps could you do this week or this month to start to build that system in one of those five verticals? Yep. All right. We're speaking with Howard Partridge. This guy is awesome. He's a good man. I like him. I like him. He's referred by a good man. He's good. All right. And he's been teaching us. He's been teaching us here. Howard, let me ask you this. Sure. Let's go uh, personal life. What do yep. you do to strengthen and deepen your faith? Well, every day I, um, I read a chapter out of the Bible. I listen to worship music. I pray every day and uh i fellowship with other believers um i go to the beach and i drink coffee <laughs> so coffee gets me going jesus keeps me going <laughs> okay so what i'm hearing you say is that even in your spiritual life you've created a system a daily system that yeah. you apply every single day yeah. and that's what works for you Right. I'm, I'm reading the book again, Atomic Habits, right? James Clear. And, and this is what he speaks about. It's yeah. developing those systems with the 1% micro improvements in the different areas of your life over time, create a compound uh, impact yeah. and effect. And yeah. you end up getting the results that you want. But if you try to take massive action in massive areas of your life all at once, and then when you don't, or you're just not motivated, you're like, ah, oh, what's the point? I, I'm just not feeling it today. He's saying, yeah. no, get rid of all that stuff. Just take small micro actions. What can I do in this area to improve it 1% today? Yeah. One of the things that we teach our clients, and by the way, funny enough, as I'm reading through that same book again for maybe the third time, and um, it's, it's true, uh, although goals are important, uh, you want to know the outcome it's the daily habits, the daily systems. Mm -hmm. And uh, as Tom Ziegler, my business partner, I help him run the Zig Ziegler Corporation. He, he likes to say that systems are habits for your business, right? But it all starts with our own personal habits. If we're honest with ourselves, the reason that we have problems in our business is, be, is a reflection of our own personal habits, right? So hiring, for example, like, you know, I would just 
you look good, sound good, come on, let's go, right? And then you find out there's some problem there. And so through pain, you know, you, you say, okay, well, let's have multiple interviews. Let's do better at hiring. Let's do a group interview. Let, you know, let somebody else on the team talk to them. And, you know, that's just one example. But uh, yeah, personal habits um, is, that's the foundation, right? So the better your personal habits are. And one thing that, that I teach our, what I teach our clients to do is first of all, have what I call a daily time capsule. You can call it, Gary Keller calls it strategic thought time. People call it quiet time. So, you know, you, you um, read the word or, or, and pray, or maybe do like my friend, Bob uh, Bodine says to do, he wrote a book called two chairs. And so you sit here, you have another empty chair and God's sitting there and you, you talk to God, you know, that's, that's great, you know, and um, cause he knows your problems. And so every single day um, focus on the, the business part that you focus on is you take, we have this assessment that has the five different areas and then there's 10 things under each one. So you can assess the business systems in your whole business. And then you take four experts show us that um, that any human being can effectively work on three to five projects, depending on how much time they have to apply to it, depending on their skills and ability. Some people just maybe just one, but that one thing, as Gary Keller says, can change everything. And so uh, take the time every morning to focus, we call it our, your your phenomenal four because my company is phenomenal products. So everything in our world is phenomenal. And uh, so your phenomenal four. And uh, one of them is your one thing project. It's the one thing that changes everything. So every day you take an hour or more if you have it. But even when I had to go down and be at my business at 7.30 in the morning to open the doors for my team members, uh, I started a business. I started phenomenal products by investing two to four hours every morning before I went to the shop. Uh, yeah, you got that math, right. Three or four in the morning. And, uh, and I, I wrote several manuals just every morning, just, you know, you know, banging it out. And, uh, so invest that time in the morning. If you got kids, whatever, you gotta you gotta make sure you take care of your family and all that. But you gotta have some time to, as my friend Michael Gerber says, work on the business instead of in the business. Because once you get in the business and the whirlwind hits you, you're just reacting instead of planning, right? And so it's very important. So build one thing at a time. Uh, and, and it might be just delegating. It might be, and the reason I say four projects and not just one is because let's say you're upgrading your website or you're building a web page or whatever, you're waiting for graphics to come back. You're waiting for copy to come by. You're waiting on that project because somebody else is doing something. I can work on this. That's how you write. That's how you write 12 books. That's how you grow businesses. That's how you, you know, that's the key to getting stuff done. All right. Uh, Howard, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? I, I'm, I guess so. All right. What's your favorite thing about being a business owner? Uh, that I get to serve people. What's your least favorite thing about owning your own business? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Nothing comes to mind. Everything's phenomenal here. All right. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part well, of the human so, condition. Yeah, so, but here's the thing, putting struggle into perspective, right? We all have struggles because if you have a desire to do something new or take your business up to the next level, there are going to be challenges, right? I know that there's a solution to those challenges. 
So the thing that I'm working on right now, that's, that's, is getting my franchise up and running. I've got a, you know, few franchise, new brand new franchisees and, you know, this is all new, right? So, you know, I know what I'm doing. I know how to teach them, but uh, I got to figure out how to get them out there, get, help them get their infrastructure, help them start mm -hmm. you know, making money and all that stuff. So that's new to me. That's cool. Way to yeah. take it on. What are you most afraid of? Uh, not fulfilling my own purpose in life. Yeah. What, uh, what did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this business? First year, you know how long ago that was, right? Yeah. You know, uh, a few months ago. I don't know. All right. What did you spend, uh, too much time doing your, this year in your business? Uh, something I should have done anyway is go to the beach. I spent three months at my beach house and I didn't get a lot of projects done. I have my, I mean, dream come true, not only to be there for three months, but have my wife and my son, my daughter-in-love and my grandkids there. I actually, I'm awesome. glad this wasn't you. Like most terrible thing ever. I've been speaking for 25 years professionally and I built my first business by, you know, going out and building relationships and doing presentations. So 38 years for the first time in 38 years, I missed a podcast recording. I was a guest and I just had it in my mind. I was done for the day. I was on the beach with my grandkids came back off the beach and saw a message. And I was like, Oh my God. And he has not returned my call or my text or my email since. <laughs> I've had a few people do that to me and you know, listen, if they got, uh, if they're willing to own their part in it, great. I'll reinvite them. But the ones yeah, that, I, that yeah. don't own their part and they're just like, Oh yeah, I forgot. Sorry. Yeah. You're nah. wasting our time. Uh, what do you wish you had learned sooner in business? Um, to make a profit. Yeah. It's kind to of important a, people to be a better leader. Yeah. What's a new habit you're going to create this year? Uh, ooh, that's a good one. Um, he's got it. Better, better leading my team. Um, allowing them to do more. I'm still doing in my coaching business. Mm -hmm. the brand is me, and I am still the one. I mean, I'm here doing a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. So, not that I'm gonna have other people do a podcast, but. Uh, there's a lot of things that I'm still involved in that it's time sure. to let go of some of those things. Yeah, for sure. It's how you build uh, the next generation of leaders, right? Yep. What's a bad habit you're going to break? Um, <laughs> overeating. <laughs> overeating. There it is. Pick three words to describe who you are now, Howard. Oh, who I am now. Um, Well, you know, this is probably a good opportunity to have the phenomenal talk with you and your listeners. Okay. So All right, we got about three minutes. So just a that's heads fine. Up. It, okay. It'll take less than that. Okay. So one of the things I start out this book with is that people get saved, but they still don't understand who they are. Right. So mm -hmm. you're in business. I didn't understand who I was in Christ. So once you understand who you are in Christ, that you're, uh, set free, you're delivered, you're forgiven, you're seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. He's in you, you're in him. You've been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light. And you learn to live out of your position rather than your condition. Everything changes, right? So everybody I meet, uh, even strangers, flight attendant, uh, whoever, waiter, waitress, I always have what I call the phenomenal talk with them. And the phenomenal talk goes like this. I'll have it with you. Okay. How's that? So Joseph, did you know that you are phenomenal? Yes, I am. Okay. And do you know why you're phenomenal? Yes, I do. Which is? Because I am a child of God, first and foremost, yeah. he has called me to greatness. Yeah. He has equipped me for greatness yeah. and I am ready for greatness. Yes. So you're phenomenal because God made you. Everything God makes is phenomenal. 
but you're actually better than phenomenal because he made you in his image. Yes. So that's who I am. I'm simply uh, a phenomenal product that was, I mean, Mr. Ziegler said, you're born to win, designed for accomplishment, engineered for success, endowed with the seeds of greatness. After all, God don't make no junk. So who I am, who am I today? I am a phenomenal product, created to be phenomenal, to do phenomenal things and have a phenomenal life. And so are you. Now, all of life is about becoming the best version of that. So who am I right now? I am a person who is still on that journey of learning and seeing and experiencing the God-given potential that I have. I get it. I get it. All right. If you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about true success in life. What would you say to them, Howard? Greatest life lesson I ever learned is this. Get around people who have already been where you want to go, who have already done what you want to do, and they have a plan for you to follow. Okay. So first and foremost is come to know the Lord Jesus Christ because God made you. He knows you. He created you for a purpose. It starts there. And then anything we want to learn, anything that we want to do, anything that we're called to do, there are mentors, coaches uh, out there. And that's why we've created a community where people can get the support, the encouragement, and the accountability that they need. Good, powerful advice. All right, Startup Nation, if you enjoyed this show, please go and write a five-star review for Howard. Tell him what you think. Post it out there on the major platforms. You could do that at Apple Podcasts. You could do it at Stitcher.com. Or you could go to First100K.com, First100K.com. Write your five-star review. If we like what you said, uh, we'll go ahead and read it live. Give you a shout-out live on the show like I'm about to do for Jeff Setter 2020. Jeff Setter 2020 who did his five-star review just recently. He wrote straight to the point and high value this podcast. If you're starting a business or scaling success, uh, the insights in this podcast are the perfect place to get started and continue on your journey. Thank you, Jeff Setter 2020 for your five-star review. Startup Nation, go write yours now for Howard, would you? Howard, where does Startup Nation go to find out more about you, get connected, pick up your book? What do you got for them? Howardpartridge.com, you'll get my book, the five secrets of a phenomenal business for free. You'll get videos, webinars, and business building tips that will help you build a predictable, profitable turnkey operation so that you can have freedom in your life. All right, Startup Nation, no excuses. There you go, on a silver platter. All right, Howard Partridge, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Amen. Thank you. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me. 
complimentary, I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.